Hello and welcome to another episode of the Debutante Report. Once again, I'm your host, Michael Lung, back again to recap another episode of Survivor 41, this time episode 4. And I really, really enjoyed this episode this week. It was actually really refreshing not to have as many advantages or as many twists this week as in previous episodes. And I really enjoyed uh, seeing the Camp Live scenes and getting to know the castaways a little bit more. And yeah, I really thought it was a great episode. Let's get right into it, shall we? So JD voted out this episode three votes to one. And I really, really love JD and I loved his enthusiasm for the game. I'm really going to miss his Survivor impressions and his uh, really great challenge attempts as well. It was really great. It was a really great character overall. I just thought, yeah, he really epitomized what a Survivor fan was. And yeah, just his love for the game was really great to see. So I'm really going to miss him as a character. Just in terms of this vote, there are a lot of moving parts that went on here. For me personally, I really thought that Jeannie looked sure to go home here. It seems to be another red herring with um, Jeannie's personal question again that Jeff asked her about her love of the game. I really thought that would have been um, her time up this season, but it didn't seem to be. JD ended up going home instead. I was also really surprised by Shan and Ricard in this vote. I would have thought that they would have stuck with JD in this episode as a, a pretty solid three alliance, even though... JD showed his untrustworthiness previously by not revealing his vote to his alliance. JD's whole story and purpose, I guess, after that, um, after last week's incident, was just to prove his trustworthiness and loyalty to his alliance. And because of that, I think he would have made a really good third wheel for, I guess, Ricard and Shan to have as a potential scapegoat, a potential shield um, for their alliance. And I think, like, by getting rid of JD and keeping Genie there's really no guarantee that she was going to stay loyal to them, given that Brad was pretty close to Jeannie, and yeah, the fact that they voted Brad out, she's not going to be inclined to vote with Shan Ricard in the future, so yeah, it really seemed a bit strange that they wanted to keep her over JD in this instance. Yeah, and just like last week, the vote really hinged on Shan once again. Shan could have been in really hot water this week, considering she came clean about knowing about Brad's advantages, and it sort of showed her hand a bit. It's probably the first time I've seen some cracks in Shan's game um, this season so far. It really should have been a big red flag to the rest of the tribe. Even Ricard, who probably wasn't all too aware that Shan had so much information about the advantages in the game and in the tribe. And JD as well. He should have realised how well aligned that Shan had been to everyone else and not, and that he probably shouldn't be relying too heavily on her. Um, she seemed to have some really great ties and because she revealed that to her tribe, it kind of added her as a bit of a really great social player so I'm really surprised that Ricard and probably JD didn't do anything further to I guess turn on Shane in that situation. Yeah and I really thought there was a potential for JD and JD to work together this vote to get Shane out. I mean it was a bit weird in my opinion that Jeannie seemed pretty stuck on getting Ricard out and yeah in a smaller tribe there's less voting options so if you're sticking to one person you're you're probably going to be digging yourself a bigger hole because of how volatile the whole situation is in, in a tribe of four. I mean, if I was Jeannie, I'd be, probably be piling on JD just because as soon as you target Ricard, you're relying on Shan to flip on him, given there's only four people in Shan and Ricard seem pretty tight, and that seemed pretty unlikely in and of itself. So in Jeannie's situation, I'd just be trying to get JD out as as quick as possible. I mean, that's what ended up happening, but in the situation, it seemed pretty weird that she'd just be sticking pretty hard on Ricard. So, I mean, it ended up turning out what happened in the end with JD going home, but it was a bit strange play by her right off leading into trouble in that circumstance. I also found it a bit strange, I mean, Jeannie was convinced it was her in that vote, and I mean, when you're convinced that it's you, you're, it's probably like 
your last resort to play a shot in the dark die. But in a tribe of four, when, like I said before, there's so few combinations for votes to happen. With four people at tribal, your vote is so crucial. And I think she could have done more work, more social work at camp leading into trial rather than, I guess, somewhat giving up and leaning towards playing her die. I mean, she did end up coming out on top in the end, which I said before, but I feel like her gameplay was a bit less than what it could have been. I feel like there was a lot of potential there for perhaps more social gameplay than, I guess, rolling over and giving up by just relying on your die to stay in the game. So, a bit strange there, but it ended up working out in the end for Jeannie, I guess. Something else we've got to talk about as well, JD's extra vote. Now, in this situation, in a four-person tribe, when there's probably two or three factions, his extra vote becomes so crucial in this situation, and I was astounded that he ended up giving it up. We might look at this a a little bit later, but he was, yeah, he was probably blinded by, I guess, wanting to maintain his reputation with Shan rather than jumping ship, which was probably his best move in that situation rather than giving it back over to Shan, but had he and Jeannie stuck together, there was a real chance of blindsiding the other two in Ricard and Shan, and also having that extra vote advantage would have been such a game-changing move to pull off a 3-2 in that spot would have been really, really amazing to see. Yeah, nevertheless, it would have been hard for JD and Jeannie to trust each other due to what tribal lines had been previously drawn on, but yeah, it would have been extremely risky for it to be for it to have been pulled off. And yeah, it turned into a real prisoner's dilemma for Jeannie as to whether to work with or against JD. I mean, she ended up winning in the end, but I don't think she gained a lot of capital in that situation. I mean, like, she still remains on the bottom of a three-person tribe where she probably could have been in a better position working with JD and forming a two, a strong two in that tribe of three were they to move forward. But yeah, I, I really love thinking about that game theory perspective. Like, both Jeannie and JD were in a spot whether they could work together or whether they would flip on each other and ended up working out for Genie in the end. But yeah, it was that's a really yeah, really interesting thing to think about from a game theory perspective. But yeah, going back to JD's extra vote and looking at it from his perspective, he got absolutely played. I mean, yeah, Shan probably thought that she had made herself look too shifty by bloating a lot about Brad's advantages and that she needed to return JD's extra vote as a means of forging their supposed alliance. But the fact that JD felt that Shan was legitimately vulnerable and emotional about the vote, to want to give his vote back to her is a real, real credit to Shan's gameplay and her ability to manipulate players based on their emotions and use her emotions as a strategy there. I'd have to say it's probably up there with one of the dumbest moves in Survivor for JD. Um, Just on paper, simply because there was a chance for JD to blindside Shan with the extra vote and he just willingly gave it back to her, which, yeah, hindsight now is probably the is probably something that he'd want to do over, but, yeah, really, really great gameplay from Shan in that situation. And, yeah, had she... Well, now that she had gained her that extra vote, she held all the power leading up to Tribal Council, and there really was the potential for Shan to use that extra vote if she needed to in that situation to vote out JD. She didn't need to use it then, but, yet yeah, now, coming out of Tribal, she has an extra vote and is sitting in a really, really good spot at the moment. So yeah, that Uwe Tribal Council really was, yeah, really was great TV there. Yeah, jumping over to the Luvu side of things. Now, I really, really was keen to see Luvu go to Tribal Council this episode. Yeah, that would have been really fascinating to see the different alliance lines being drawn and the different strategic players, because surely the people on the Luvu tribe are itching to get into some real gameplay. I mean, 
Erica seemed really keen for a blindside earlier this episode. I'm pretty sure Erica would have gone home at this vote. Well, either her or Nasir, maybe, or even Heather, based on her last challenge performance in the reward challenge. But Sydney, Deshaun, and Danny seem pretty tight as a three-person alliance. I mean, even though Sydney might have made the rest of the tribe feel a bit uneasy with how she was giving off a bit Mean Girls vibes and having a few outbursts here and there. But I don't think she seemed all too likely to go home, given that she'd had pretty good bonds with both Deshaun and Danny. Yeah, I'm really loving Sydney as a character this season. I'm loving her great confessional. She seems to have a lot of confidence and, yeah, just exudes a lot of energy in some situations. So really loving Sydney as a character this season too. I also found it really funny watching the Louvre tribe try and throw that challenge. I mean, it would have been really great to see them pull it off. It actually reminded me of Kagayan when um, the Braun tribe were trying to throw the challenge and the brains were just so incompetent that it just didn't end up working out for the Braun tribe. But um, yeah, it was really cool to see their attempt to throw that challenge. I really also love seeing like the confessionals during the challenge and hearing about what their plans were to actually throw the challenge. Yeah, I really like that style of editing and how we got to see so much of that or how we got to see more of that during the challenge. Deshaun was in such a good spot to throw that challenge. It just so happened that Desir wanted to butt in and spoil their plan and end up taking all the glory in that challenge. His smile at the end of that, you could just see Danny and Deshaun, their faces just sunk after he got that final ring on the post. But yeah, Deshaun, mate, you were in the prime spot. Like, the sh- it shouldn't have gone wrong in that situation. Everything was leading up fine into a, a successful throw for them. But um, yeah, it just didn't end up happening. I mean, even Jeff seemed to seemed a bit coy as to what was going on and how he was commentating the challenge. I mean, yeah, it was pretty obvious that Lever was throwing it. It's just a happened that Nasir ended up getting in the way and ended up keeping them safe from Tribal Council. I'm just thinking about this. I'm not too sure if the challenge throw would have actually been successful had it happened and had Luva gone to Tribal Council. I just feel like if Erica was the target, right, and if Erica caught wind of the throw without her having known of it before, I think things could have turned out really differently with maybe Deshaun or Danny going home at that Tribal Council. On the flip side, though, if Erica had known about the throw, then it would have been easier to blindside her given that she would have expected a plan of some sorts to go down based on a throw. So... Yeah, I think there was a flaw already in the plan by not letting Erica know about the throw in the first place. I mean, it would be pretty hard to convince her to throw the challenge in the first place, but yeah, things could have turned out completely differently um, had they gone to tribal and had a throw ended up happening. And yeah, it's a real shame we didn't get to see a Louvre tribal council because yeah, it would have been great to see how that would have shaken out. But nevertheless, it was great to see a lot more camp life and different alliances shape. I'm really liking this episode, how we didn't have a lot of advantage talk and a lot of twists happen, as I said before. We didn't see a lot from the Yasa side of things this episode. I mean, uh, just from a strategy perspective, but yeah, it was really also great to see the turtle scene. I mean, that's something that's probably kept in a secret scene on CBS All Access, but yeah, great to see that and to see the camp life and how everyone's bonding and all the little social dynamics that are happening there. I think it makes for a really great episode next week as we will get into with the predictions but it seems like things could be shaken up a little bit on the Yasa side yeah yeah we, like I said before we didn't see much in terms of advantages in this episode uh, we only really heard of JD's extra vote really and nothing was really mentioned about what happens with the three-way shared idol now that Brad's gone I mean there was nothing even mentioned about it 
And I'm sure in the Survivor community that everything's everyone's a bit skeptical at the moment about what's going to happen now that that three-way hidden immunity idol is potentially flawed. Hopefully, we get some explanation about that soon. But yeah, it's a bit strange to me that we didn't even hear much about that, um, about what happens after that. Yeah, I'm thinking we really need a lot more clarification about the advantages this season and who has what and who can do what with what because that lower third in <laughs> on the screen isn't really cutting it at the moment. <laughs> no doubt we'll probably hear about it in the next few episodes. But like I said before, it was really refreshing to have more camp life scenes and less focus on twists and advantages this episode considering this season so far has been very advantage heavy. I think that's about it to talk about for this episode. I feel like it's a bit shorter than what I've done previously, but I think we just went through it a lot quicker. I mean, there really was a lot in this episode. We just really seemed to race through it all. But looking at predictions for next episode, there was a lot of short snippets in that next time on Survivor little preview we always get. We saw Genie seems to have found another beware advantage on the on the Ua side of things. I mean... It things, yeah, things are really getting confusing with the different beware advantages that exist. I mean, they all have different powers and they all seem to have the same name. I mean, yeah, that's always getting a bit confusing. We saw on the Louvre side that the guys might be trying to form an alliance against a potential girls alliance, which is always a theme in every season. The threat of a girls alliance seems to always put the guys in a, in a bit of a rough spot. <laughs> but yeah, that'll be interesting to see what happens there. And then on the Yasa side, things seem to be a bit more interesting there too. Uh, with potential rift happening between um, what seems to be a strong four alliance. But yeah, things might be shaken up on their side, which will be really interesting to see. I guess it's hard to judge and hard to make predictions every episode. Just because of last week, we saw a next week on Survivor Preview that was very Luvu heavy and they didn't even go to Tribal Council. So my prediction for this week is that Yasa don't go to Tribal Council, given that there was so much of them in the preview. But yeah, I definitely predict that there's going to be a bit of a rift on their side of things hopefully, this is just my personal opinion, but hopefully Louvre get a chance to go to a tribal council because that would be really great to see. I'm actually going to predict that, that Louvre go to tribal council and that Erica goes home next episode. We'll just have to wait and see if I'm right on that. But I think that that actually brings us to the end of another recap. I know this one was a bit shorter, but I feel like there was a there was still a lot to go through in this episode. And yeah, I really want to thank you for listening at home to another episode of The Debutante Report. If you made it all the way to the end, I really appreciate you if you did. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Debutante Report. And let me know your thoughts on Twitter as well at Debutante Report if you agreed or disagreed with anything I've mentioned in this episode. But yeah, hope to see you guys next week for another recap of Survivor 41 for episode 5. Should be really, really great as have all the episodes this season have been even though they might have a little bit of confusing advantages in them along the way. I think it's still really, really entertaining to watch, and I hope you guys have been enjoying this season as well. Um, But until then, hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.